we're at Disney. Where are we going for after dinner drinks? Such a great question. So many options because you can choose Disney Springs. You can choose to any number of the resorts. You can choose to hop into a park. It is food and wine. So you could go into Epcot. Candice, mm-hmm. where you're raising your hand, what are what are you thinking about for after dinner drinks? <laughs> so I am thinking that I want to go to the Polynesian. Surprise. And I want to go to the terrace at Trader Sam's on the outside and get a drink and then go hang out on the beach at Polly and watch the fireworks and have my drink. Or also at the Polly, I would like to get a Lapu Lapu and take the full pineapple out to the beach and sit there and get silly while watching. (laughs) There it is. I love it. (laughs) Get silly. There it is. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the Mexico Pavilion and get some margaritas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Candace and I did Whole. white people taco night tonight, so margaritas would go good. Those are the best night. <laughs> okay, so I have to explain that. Have yes, you seen? You, that sounds really, really bad if you don't. <laughs> I, and I'll try and share it on our reel too, because this is going to make it into the episode. There is a video that we saw where, yeah, a reel where somebody sang this song about white people taco night, and now Candace and I are trying to memorize it, and it's like. We all we all pretend that we work at Taco Bell. Just kidding. Nobody wants to work at Taco Bell. And it's like this whole thing. So I'll have to share it to our stories. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's not Taco Tuesday, but for us, it was Taco Thursday. So I'm all about going in and getting some margaritas tonight, too. But without the ant legs on the rim, right? Yeah. Hold the ant part. So you can have all the ants that you want. We'll get normal margaritas and laugh when you throw up. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Tonight, I'm feeling a little fancier. Oh. I'm going to take us over to the Grand Floridian, and we are going to go up and we're going to have drinks and desserts at the Rose, the Enchanted oh. Rose Pub in the Grand Floridian. Love it. Mm. Best espresso martini I've ever had in my life. Oh, that sounds so great. How about you, Lacey? Where do you want to take us for drinks tonight? You know, I'm kind of going to cheat. I want one of those boozy Dole Whip floats. I need one. Okay. I'm not... You can get those at the Polynesian too, can't you? Yes. I'll be at the Poly with Candace. Okay. We can help each other off the beach. <laughs> help each other dodge alligators on hey. the beach. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's that's our intro question for the day. Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candice. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. When you're sitting at the Hangar Bar, sometimes you talk Disney, 
sometimes you don't talk Disney. You talk other things. You talk Disney adjacent, right? Tonight, we're going to do a little bit of Disney adjacent. Candace and I just got back from an Alaskan cruise and pause for effect. We did not go on the Disney cruise line. (gasps) Oh my God. I know, right? So today what we're going to do with this episode is we're going to talk all about our cruise because the Lacey and Lariah have not had us talk about, have not heard us talk about all the things with the cruise yet. So we're going to talk all things cruise, let them pepper us with questions and that kind of thing. And we'll tie in a few comparisons because Candace and I are very familiar with the Disney line. Lacey's been on the, on a Disney ship. And so we'll, we'll tie it in a little bit Disney, but tonight is just a, a night where we're just sitting at the hangar bar. We're just having drinks, talking about trips and vacations. This one just doesn't happen to be Disney, but we'll tie it in. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I know where to start. So first cruise tip for anybody that's looking to create cruise, always go in at least one day before your cruise leaves. Always, always 110%. No questions asked. Always at least one day before. Yeah. What that does is it allows for airfare delays, things to go wrong. You don't miss your ship because that ship is going to leave at three or four or five or whatever time it's debarkation is with or without you. Yeah. It's going to leave with or without you. It's not going to wait for you if there were airport delays. So always get there a day before our cruise left from Seattle and came back to Seattle. It was a seven day inside passage cruise. And we stayed in Seattle at the only hotel in Seattle. That's a waterfront hotel. It's called the Edgewater. And that was the Edgewater. And that was at the edge of the water. The edge water was on the edge of the water. (laughs) (laughs) So here's, I don't know if Lacey and Lariah, you're in a spot where you can Google. Carefully. We're not going to talk about it a lot because this is a family-friendly podcast, but the Edgewater has a history of rock and roll them. So the Beatles stayed there. The Rolling Stones stayed there. Led Zeppelin stayed there. Led Zeppelin stayed stayed there. And if you want your risky click of the night, Google Edgewater Led Zeppelin. But be prepared. They're both doing it now. So the the hotel, like for our listeners, because we're not going to go into the the depths of that story because this is a family-friendly podcast, you as well can Google it. Just know that the story is pretty shocking. It's what you would expect out of rock stars in the the 50s, 60s, and 70s. What you would expect from them. We'll tell the what, the second time they stayed at, the Led Zeppelin stayed at the Edgewater Hotel. We're not going to tell you about the first. But the second under time, names. under assumed names, because they got thrown out of the hotel after the first one. As they and told And told they could never come back. So they did assumed names and got in a second time. And the hotel used to allow you to fish from the Puget Sound from your windows in the hotel. After Led Zeppelin's first trip, they took the fishing poles out of the rooms. You can read about why, but they were a little disappointed they couldn't fish from the rooms. So Led Zeppelin, in this block of how many ever rooms they had, ended up throwing all their TVs out into the Puget Sound. 
Because when you're bored and you don't have a fishing pole, what else do you do? <laughs> right. You party right. and you throw TVs into the into Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. Stunning behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mariah's Googling like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a Led Zeppelin fan, you might be an even bigger Led Zeppelin fan after that. Or you might be like, ew, gross. I mean, to be fair, I am a Led Zeppelin fan and I have been for a long time. After reading that story, I'm a little, little bit on the ew side of it, but I, I still think they're musical geniuses. And they're, they're seventies rock stars. What do you exactly. expect? Exactly. Yes. Lacey's showing off her Led Zeppelin shirt. She doesn't nice. think any less of the band. Nice. <laughs> what Led Zeppelin song have you ever listened to in your life, Lacey? <laughs> Immigrant song. <laughs> right. Okay. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that hotel was a nice hotel. What did you think of it, Candace? I really liked it. I think um, it had a really interesting vibe to it. It was a very small hotel. I would say there was probably only 200 rooms. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it had a very cozy, the rooms were smallish, but it had a very cozy feel to each one of the rooms. They all had fireplaces in them, electric fireplaces, of course. Just really kind of, it was like rustic and kind of lodgy mixed with some rock and roll. And it just had kind of a vibe of, if I say like Virgin, like Virgin music, like Virgin Airlines, Virgin, all the things, Richard Branson, it had big Richard Branson vibes mm-hmm. for me. Okay. Just kind of edgy and cool and like not mainstream at all mm-hmm. the restaurant was good but spendy there as well yeah i had my first fresh seafood in their restaurant it was fresh salmon yeah what did you two have for dinner that night i had some of the best clam chowder i've ever had in my mm-hmm. life and a caesar salad that was about as basic as basic gets as far as a caesar salad goes the special thing and i'm using air quotes that they did too it was put toasted breadcrumbs on the top which did not verify the price it was good but it wasn't anything special the the clam chowder was way way better and when i say it was expensive it was probably reasonably priced for a boutique hotel in downtown seattle right like her salad was 18 dollars for a caesar salad without any chicken oh yeah okay like spendy right but if you're in downtown seattle at a boutique hotel you probably are like yeah you're gonna spend that kind of money right and we live in the midwest right and it makes total sense Uh, to me i I mean i was kind of like okay but it makes total sense you're in a boutique hotel you're in seattle it whatever you're on vacation yeah it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) money doesn't matter on vacation nope (laughs) i had what my salmon was a maple glazed salmon candace Mm -hmm. and then it was served with i don't even remember what it was served with except for the bacon lardons wasn't that enough that was on top of something else though it the side dishes were better than the main entree like i'm not a huge salmon fan but i figured i'm i'm in the pacific northwest once in my life i should probably eat salmon but it so it was okay, but the side dishes were better. Oh, we got a lobster mac and cheese that night too. Yeah. 
that's like a side that will serve your table that was delicious okay that was basically the star of the show honestly yeah it was good okay so that we got in the night before so we got in on friday night the cruise left on saturday we got up decent time we were only what a five minute drive from the cruise port candace Mm, it was more like 10 or 15 just because of the way that we had to take the roads yeah we could see our ship from the hotel so Mm -hmm. in the hotel it's the first hotel i think i've ever stayed in where you could like open the windows and stick your head out but you could this hotel you could open the windows and stick your head out when we would stick our head out the window there was a cruise pier right off to our left there was the norwegian sun when we got there was just parked right there you could see it we waved goodbye to them as they left for alaska from our room oh wow and then what was the ship that was there when we woke up in the morning a bigger one it was yeah. still not, i don't know which one it was but it was huge yeah so that the norwegian cruise port is like right next door we could have walked to the cruise ship if if we had been on norwegian but oh. look, looking the other direction we could see down and there were three cruise ships parked down a little bit and we could see ours Mm-hmm. It was too far to walk or anything like that with within the sound, but we could see it from our hotel. Awesome. Yeah. What was your uh, ship called? We were on the Holland America Eurodam. Oh wow. Okay. Candace, what were your first impressions of the ship? Let's let's start there with talking about the cruise itself. My first impressions of the ship was it was very very traditional in appearance. It was, of course, navy blue and white, which are Holland America colors. Very, like I said, traditional, looked like a typical cruise ship with a lot of rooms with uh, verandas on them. There was nothing crazy like a lot of the mega ships that you see these days with the water slides and the all that kind of crap. Um, it didn't have any of that. It was a smaller one of the fleet. So there was about 2,500 passengers on board and it was full. Oh. It was so about 2,500 passengers, around 800 to 1,000 crew members. But yeah, it, it was a pretty ship. The further we got into it and the more we looked at it, the more we realized how badly she needs to go into dry dock and have a refurbishment done uh, because there mm-hmm. was like paint chipped off in places. Some of the windows were broken. We sat at one of the quote unquote signature restaurants for lunch one day next to a window where like the seal around the outside window was leaking or something. And there was actual sea salt that had collected within the, between the panes of glass. So she needs to dry dock in a very big way. Mm -hmm. Do we know when it's anticipated? Like, are they going to do that after this Alaska season? I have no idea. It needs to, but I have no idea. So Lacey, to give you an idea of the size of that ship, which which ship were you on with us? The Dream. Okay, so you were on one of the bigger ships. Mm-hmm. Okay, the the Holland America Eurodam is about the size of the Magic and the Wonder. Okay. The the I just looked it up, and the Wonder holds twenty four hundred passengers. The Eurodam was at twenty five hundred, so um, that gives you an idea of size of the ship. I agree with Candace. Like, I for this cruise, just first impressions, there were way too many kids. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the reasons we, and it's funny we say that as somebody that loves cruising the Disney line, 
I think I had gotten myself into the headspace that this is Holland America. It's an old people cruise line. Which is not yeah. untrue. Which is not untrue. But on this mm-hmm. particular cruise, I think it was the last week before school started. And we noticed there were lots of multi-generational families. Like lots of people that were there for grandparents and entire families. Like groups of 15 or 20 people. All, all there. And I would say of the 2,500 passengers, there were three 400 kids under the age of 15 oh wow there were a lot of them. Hmm. you kind of expect that with a disney cruise mm-hmm. so that's very odd well and the thing about it is though is that with the disney ships and the, one of the things that we love about the disney ships is that there are spaces that we can go to get away from the children mm-hmm. this was not that except for in the spa They could go anywhere they wanted to, and they did. And, like, we saw them several times essentially chasing grown-ups out of hot tubs and things like that so they could be obnoxious. And their parents were very close to them and should have said, no, those people were here first. You need to go pick the other hot tub that's just right over there that's empty. But no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the story that she's talking about that just kind of grossed me out. And I felt for the old guy that was sitting in the hot tub. He was just sitting in the hot tub, living his best life. And these two little girls that couldn't have been more than 10 or 12 years old in their little vacation swimsuits, come and get in the hot tub and start talking to him. And then their little sister comes in and starts talking to him. And you could just see the guy getting more and more uncomfortable as more and more kids got in. And he finally made the decision to just get up and leave. And then they took over and started playing games in the hot tub. Their their entire intent of engaging with him was to try and get him to leave the hot tub. God. It worked. Yeah. Even though, they had, even though the children on the boat had ship, excuse me, um, <laughs> had essentially taken over the entire pool. indoor pool, the hot tubs around the indoor pool, the outdoor pool, and the hot tubs around the outdoor pool. So, like, if we had wanted to go for a nice, quiet swim, that would not have happened. Right. Yeah. Wow, and... I would have been so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I will tell you, I I like I bring that up as the first thing because it was something that I wasn't expecting. I would go back on the Holland America line again. I would go on the Eurodam again. Mm-hmm. I probably just wouldn't pick. I would pay more attention. So this is another cruise planning hack that when you're talking to your your wonderful travel agent from uh, Minx Cruise and Travel, you can talk about okay let's look at the average time for kids to go back to school let's look at if you're planning a trip because if we had gone two weeks later I think our experience would have been completely different Mm -hmm. because most kids would have been back in school so there would have been less of them on board the -hmm. ship probably wouldn't have been 100% full it just like the time that we went kind of drove some of the behavior of the guests a little bit Well, and that's the tough thing with an Alaska vacation because the travel season for Alaska, particularly cruising, is so short. You've got from the very tail end of May to about October 1st. So you've only got that very short amount of time to get all your cruises and all all of that done. So there's not that wide open space of we can go anytime we want because it's not going to work. Were there any bars on board? Oh, yes. Yep. And as a matter of fact, you've talked about this before, Lacey. Scott and I talk to people that are providing services. 
Mm-hmm. Because we are service-minded people and we love to get their stories and get to know them and, you know, treat them like humans and mm-hmm. not just people that were here to bring me things. But we met a very nice young man. His name is Lester. He worked in the Ocean Bar, which was like the main bar on board. It was right on deck three, kind of in the middle of the ship. Lester pretty much made our week. He was so welcoming and so observant. Like he remembered all of our names. And even if we weren't all there together, he would ask how the people in the group that weren't there were doing. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, he he made our week, I think. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Like, it wouldn't have been the same without that experience, for sure. He won my mom over on day one. Just called her Mom Karen. And every time she would walk by, he'd yell from across the bar, Mom Karen! And was was taking a picture for us. I don't even remember what mom wanted a picture of. It was probably of of Mike and I or something. And at some point, Lester was taking the picture and just used his thumb to tap the camera to reverse it to where it was taking a selfie. So he took a selfie, a couple selfies of himself and put them on her camera. And like, she was browsing through her pictures, like a half hour later, she's like, how did this happen? How did I get these pictures of Lester? And she just, it blew her away. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I swear there are just some people made for that kind of job, you know? Yeah. And it was funny because, of course, we asked where he was from. Um, a majority of the crew crew members on board the Eurodam, and I think Holland America in general, are of Asian descent. So we were asking Lester where he was from, and he said South Philly. Not oh. Philadelphia, but South Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, okay, then. All right, Lester. All right. <laughs> we see you. We see mm-hmm. you. <laughs> But the other thing that I'll talk about is the drink pack, which is fantastic. Like I did, we got to, Candace got to try so many drinks. She probably wouldn't have if she was paying for them. 100%. And like you would sit down and they just run your card and your drink would be brought to you and tip was already included and all of that kind of good stuff. Candace and I discovered a new drink that's bourbon based. Mm-hmm. That oh, she yes. actually loves. We yes. did a, we did a mixology class. Two of them. Two of them. So the second one we went to was margaritas and mojitos. The second margarita, we we learned to make a traditional margarita, but then we also learned to make an Irish or Scottish margarita called an Irish margarita called a Siante. Shante. Shante margarita, which you just use scotch instead of tequila. Oh, and it is delightful. Yeah, especially when you still you still use salt around the rim, and mm-hmm. it is delightful. I'll have to get Can a I bottle of scotch, and we'll make one because that yes. had the that used Grand Marnier instead of triple sack. That wasn't scotch; it was Jameson Irish whiskey. Okay, yeah, I think both Even would be still. good, but yeah. Yeah, so that was delicious. Candace drank four full-size cocktails in the matter of about 45 minutes and almost fell off the ship. I love that for you, Candace. <laughs> I did not almost fall off the ship. I did make a fool of myself, however. 
<laughs> you did not make a fool of yourself. You actually sold travel business. Candace gets outgoing when she's been drinking. <laughs> she made new friends. And then when we got off the ship in Canada, she saw them down the pier and she's like, hey, those are our friends. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the girl that was sitting next to us that she was selling travel to was like, hey, mom, this is that girl that I was telling you about that sells travel. <laughs> oh that's awesome but uh, yes there were lots of other bars on the ship as well not just the ocean bar um there was a bar out well out so the lido pool on the ship actually has a retractable roof that they can open or close depending on whether the ship is moving what the weather is doing all of that kind of thing so there's a bar at that pool. There's also a bar at the outside pool. There is a bar at every one of the signature restaurants. There is a lovely little place on the top deck of the ship, which is enclosed. Um, it's called the Crow's Nest. And there is a lovely bar and coffee bar um, mm. up there where they have specialty coffee, coffee beverages um, that were included in the drink package, which was very nice. But we learned something late in the cruise, too. Here is your, your hack if you go in the Eurodam. Yes, they have the specialty coffees up in the crow's nest. You can also get them from the steakhouse bar. The pinnacle bar. The pinnacle bar. Mm -hmm. And Candace said the coffee from the pinnacle bar was better than from the crow's nest because there were less people they were trying to make for. Yep. They weren't in as big a hurry. Nice. Good to know. I want to hear more about the, so you said you took two mixology classes. Mm -hmm. Did you do any other onboard activities at all? Um, we hung out, we um, bought a week-long like day pass situation to the spa and we got to use the hydrotherapy tub and the heated, they're like tiled loungers. Oh. In this room that just kind of overlooks the ocean and they keep the thing is at about what was that 65 degrees something like that mm -hmm. and they weren't as comfortable as we thought they were going to be so we didn't spend a long time in there but the hydrotherapy tub was really really nice because it was like a giant hot tub but not quite that hot mm. there were like jets and things in it and then these this thing made out of pipes that was kind of like a chair you could climb up on and just kind of relax awesome so that, was, that was cool yeah not to just compare it to Disney cruises on the Disney cruises they have like shows and movies going on there did they have any sort of entertainment on board the ships yes yeah. they had shows we didn't go to any of the live shows like there wasn't the entertainment like that kind of entertainment was not nearly up to par with what the Disney line is Duh. Like, I, I had no desire to go sit and watch a stage show from what I saw of the titles, that kind of thing. I'm sure they were great, mm -hmm. but I would have been disappointed because I would have been expecting Disney quality and wouldn't have gotten it. Mm -hmm. Overall, yeah. the entertainment on board, though, was, I think, very on par with where I would put Disney. There was a fantastic jazz trio in the Ocean Bar where we spent most of our time. Lacey, you know this. We find our favorite bar and we just kind of camp there. That was the yeah. Ocean Bar for us on this cruise. And so they had a really really awesome jazz trio then their big dance club is called bb kings so it has that blues vibe 
and they have the bb king house band or whatever it's whatever they, they call were it amazing they were amazing. amazing um their their saxophone player was able to play two saxophones at once Never oh seen wow awesome. it was amazing <laughs> and we saw him like up in the buffet on an evening where he had just gotten done with a set or whatever and i'm like how how did you how and he's like well i'm still learning and I'm like, well, you're fantastic. So keep it up. <laughs> the whole group was just phenomenal. And so one night they were in the middle of a set and they ended to go take a break or whatever. And then all of a sudden these people from the dance troupe on board the ship came in and started line dancing. And I'm like, what is going on? I believe those were my exact yeah i'm like where's the good music why did you kill what was going on here because that was fabulous this is trash yeah it <laughs> it, it was funny because when they brought in the line dancing all of bb kings was up dancing on the dance floor they brought in the line dancing and they had to start coaxing people to come back out to the floor so they killed the entire vibe just to give their show people a chance to to do something stupid and it was awesome. stupid yeah <laughs> There was one of their performers that actually had kind of a Jeffrey Dahmer vibe going on. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he would, yeah. I'm Not, sure they were no lovely thing. people. I'm sure he was a lovely person, but when you think cruise ship performer, this is not the vibe that this gentleman had going on. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> laughed when you said were there shows and entertainment and compared it back to the Disney ship because I did a little, I, I Disney fight it a little bit. They actually, in their main stage on, I don't even remember what day it was. It was the next to last or the last day or something like that. They had a Disney nature show showing on the, the screen in the, the main stage. So mom and I went and watched the Disney nature on the Holland America cruise ship. And I, I'm like, this makes me feel like I'm on a Disney ship. Because it was about Paris <laughs> in Alaska. Yeah, it was a sh it was the Disney Nature Ooh. Bears or whatever it is. You could probably go watch it on Disney Plus, but yeah, I thought that was funny that I I cruised up to Alaska, chose not to go on a Disney ship, and still ended up watching a Disney movie on board. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. where did you get off at then? So we got off the ship in Juneau. Um, we also got off the ship. We did not get off the ship in Icy Strait Point. We did get off the ship for a brief time in Sitka. Uh, we got off the ship in Ketchikan and was that it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was good. Ports of Call, we had a shore excursion in Juneau. So for, for Loria, in case you don't know kind of how that works, when you stop at a, a port, the cruise line will offer you a hundred different things that you can pay to go do. Or you can just go wander the city. You can go wander the port, whatever you want to do. Oh, we missed Vancouver, Candace. We stopped in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but you can choose a shore excursion or you don't have to. You can book a shore excursion yourself. We don't recommend that. Do it through the cru cruise line because then the cruise line will wait for you if you're late. But in <laughs> Juneau, we, we did a shore excursion as a whole family and we went on a whale watching excursion. So, and it, we did a small group one. So instead of a group of 150 people on a big, on a big boat out searching for whales, we were on a, a vessel that only held like 20 of us. 
And nice. so we I saw we, your pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Those so we had amazing. Mindenhall Glacier. We got to stop and take pictures of that on the way out to the boat. We got on this little boat and we went out. And I think probably the coolest thing is um there was a pod of whales that was bubble feeding. If you don't know what bubble feeding is, what that really is with the the humpbacks is the matriarch will drop down to the bottom underneath a big bit of bait and and blow air through her blowhole to sort of scare the fish into the middle. There'll be three or four other whales that are just circling that to try and get that bubble moving to scare the fish even further into a tight little ball. And then all of a sudden you'll see two or three whales just come up and out and back down on top of that bait ball. And so there were a couple of times when we saw two or three tails up in the air at the same time as they were dropping down onto that that big pile of bait. And the the our tour guide was like, we maybe see this group of of whales bubble feeding once a week. Every it doesn't happen very often because usually humpbacks are very isolated; they hunt on their own. But these this group has learned to do this together, and they and so we got to see that. I think what did what did we count, Candace? We probably saw 10 or 15, 17 whales yeah. on that trip. Oh wow. Yeah. And the the interesting thing about the the bubble net feeding that they were telling us about is that like that's a learned behavior. Whales don't just automatically know how to do that. They have to like band together and organize how they're gonna do it, and then they learn how to do it together. So that's their like feeding group. Wow. It was really interesting. And the boat that we were on was actually a research vessel. So on the way out to find the whales, we also pulled up a crab pot because they're trying to determine whether or not an invasive species of crab is getting into Alaska. Uh, and that species will wipe out the other species of marine life. So they're watching for it. And if they find one, they have to report it and all these other things. So we got to do that and then we went and looked for the whales and they've actually watched these whales long enough since they're migratory and they always come back to the same place that they know their names by the patterns on their flukes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really interesting. I love that excursion. That's probably my favorite excursion I've ever taken on any cruise ever. It and you sounds got to, amazing. You got to touch that squishy starfish thing. I did. When they pulled up the crab pod, they pulled up a sunflower um, sea star. Hmm. And like she poured it into this little tub thing and said, if anybody wants to come touch it or hold it, you can. So I did. And it was gross. <laughs> did you touch it or hold it? No, I touched it. I was going to hold it, oh, but it was super slimy. And so I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so cute and huggable until you touch it. Blech. that's no. what she said no <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no and then so other ports of call candace wasn't going to get off the ship in sitka it's not but i used the binoculars and made her use the binoculars to find a reason to get off the ship in sitka right in the the pier at Sitka, there was, I don't even remember the name of it, but it's basically a crab shack, like live seafood that was caught right there in the, the area. And she wanted some fresh crab. So we went to this this little joint that was right there by the pier. When we ordered our appetizer, they, they brought it out and said, okay, now that this is out, we're going to go drop your crab for you. Like meaning it was alive until the 
they dropped it into into the water to to prepare it for us and it came out like 10 8 10 minutes later and candace taught me how to crack crab because i had never done it before and oh really it was so good mm-hmm. oh i bet crab meat and melted butter makes my heart happy mm-hmm. so if you ever mm-hmm. need candace to do something for you you can bribe her with crab meat and melted butter but that's mm-hmm. crab, with a, crab with a k right <laughs> <laughs> then in Ketchikan we just got off the ship and walked around Creek Street which is touristy little area in Ketchikan we didn't do any shore excursions there um my brother and sister-in-law and mom went on a on an otter trip like on an otter excursion for that one saw lots of sea otters and whales on that one as well my sister-in-law got a really cool picture of two flukes of whales up at the same time within like 50 feet of their boat. They were amazingly close to it when it happened. So that was cool. Oh, wow. No, that may have been their Sitka day. Yeah, that was their Sitka day. Sorry. But when we went to Ketchikan, the coolest thing, like you guys know how salmon reproduce, right? You've seen some of those documentaries. Oh, yeah, kind of. So the... the salmon, when they're born, will go downriver and go out into the ocean for an undetermined amount of years. When it's time for them to breed, they go back upstream to where they were born, where they were hatched, and then lay their eggs and die. So that's the life cycle of a salmon. You Very leave, sad story. Yeah. You leave or home. They could be eaten by a bear, too. Yeah. This so doesn't have to end there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if they make it up the river far enough to lay their eggs in the water, that's the okay. end of their story. <laughs> they would get eaten by a bear before they make it to the top of the river. But on Creek Street, that it's it's this t- old town, like it's an old brothel town. And so all hey. that, yeah, hey, all the, the houses and all the buildings are old brothel buildings. And we and think we saw a lady that originally worked there. I like in her getup or yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the... <laughs> do her guide <laughs> but the i'm trying i'm not very good at describing this but the whole street is built on kind of stilts with decking all around it so you're just on this great big deck this pier i would almost call it but it's over this creek creek street duh it's over a creek but when you look down in to the creek, when we first went over, we looked down and I'm like, oh, that's a little creek. And then you look closer. There were probably there were thousands of salmon that were starting to make their way back up river. And they were just there was this kind of pool at the there was a little waterfall here, like on one side, a little waterfall up a little bit from them. And there was this kind of calm pool where all these salmon were just hanging out resting so they could make it up the next the next little bit as they go upstream it was just it was amazing to see i don't i didn't get any good pictures of them jumping but we saw some salmon jumping there were so many of them and they were going to be bear food eventually but would you actually call it jumping or would you call it flailing i would call it flailing because the things that i saw moving around were having sort of the look what i can do moments <laughs> Wee! Stuart. <laughs> look what i can do 
So yes. then did the salmon just like die of naturally after they mm-hmm. lay the egg? Yep. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if they decompose or if there's just some really lucky bears that get to start eating floating fish because they laid their eggs or I don't know what happens to them once they get to all well, I know you, is they lay their eggs and die. The eagles come along too. Yeah. Lots of things in this world eat salmon. Mm-hmm. Including other salmon, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love a good cannibal story. Mm-hmm. It's the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the last port of call was Vancouver. We got off the ship and just took a, Candace and I had our first ever pedicab experience. Took it to, what did they called it, the wharf? Fisherman's Wharf. Fisherman's Wharf. Because we had gotten a hint to go get some fish and chips while we were there. Because we didn't have, we were only in Vancouver for what, two and a half hours? Four, but it was not long enough really to do anything. Yeah. And there was a couple tours, but okay. So I'll say this about shore excursions for Canada cruises. They are short little time frames because the ships are not in port for very long and they are expensive because again remember when i said that the tour season is so short there so the tour providers and all that don't have a year-long way to make their money so they have to do it in like a five-month time span so their prices are inflated so that they can get what they need to be able to afford things within that five months gotcha yeah yeah, like our whale watching excursion was what a three hour excursion and it was two hundred and twenty dollars a person. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, for what we saw, I would pay it every day. But you just I mean, you just you don't know. Yeah. Was, yeah. There was some of the excursions that we read the descriptions of and we're like, mm, no. Like what? Oh, what were some of the dumb ones? <laughs> there in Ketchikan, there was a walking ghost tour on creek street and now that i've seen what ketchikan looks like they were charging like 112 dollars for an hour and a half walking tour of a street you could just walk up and down for free right no and go see nelly and her get up and take her tour and (laughs) (laughs) oh nelly if you're listening we apologize but do we Probably not. I think I'm the one that made the joke about I think she probably came with a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Candace got some Canadian money with the queen on it. They, they haven't they haven't switched over to the to the king yet. Love it. Cute. So that's a pound. Yep. And then I have a nickel and a dime as well, whatever Canadian is for that. And then of all the stupid, <laughs> I also have a five-pound note with the original Prime Minister of Canada on it. I understand that they are a Commonwealth and not a direct property or whatever of the United Kingdom, but Elizabeth should be on this, in my opinion. Yeah. Or at I, least I, a somewhat attractive Prime Minister like Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to agree with you step it up canada step it up i do love canada though i would go back and visit just canada did you get any maple syrup no we did get some maple candies 
Oh, nice. They're well, mm. they're interesting. The little maple leaf ones that we got are like pure sugar. You know those sugar mints that they serve at weddings? It's like the crystallized sugar. The cream cheese mints. No, they're not yeah. cream cheese mints, but they're the they're kind of rough on the outside. Yes. Or it's just like a chunk of sugar. That's what this is, but it's maple sugar, so it's got the pancakey taste with it as well. Ooh, one of those will about knock you over. Oh, sounds delightful. And we got some taffy and some chocolate, and then we got some little chocolates that are bacon flavored, which we have not delved into yet. Hmm. And then because we love our dog so much, we also found some dried and rolled salmon skin dog treats for her. Ooh. Quite taken with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She loves them a lot. They're her favorite. Well, that is awesome. You had asked, we're just sort of jumping all over the place. This is what happens when you hang out at the hangar bar. You had asked about what other services we did on the, the ship. I actually had my first ever spa slash salon service on a cruise ship. I went up to um, just get a hair trim and a beard trim, and he ended up uh, selling me into a facial. So I had my first ever facial. And if you're listening, don't think about that the dirty way. Think about it in the spa kind of way. Oh, my God. <laughs> can't yeah, you anywhere. You can't take me anywhere. You know this. But it, like, I have never done anything like that before, and I would totally do it again. Facials are amazing. I'm glad you got to experience it. Yeah, it was like an hour-long massage for my head. I'm like, this is pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, like every other cruise ship ever with any of those salon and spa services, they try and sell you all the products that they use, which is going to be like 15 times more expensive than it needs to be. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We didn't well, anything, but we need to get our appointments made at Spora and have them go do that for us. Yeah, because he was trying to sell me the facial was like 110 plus tip. And then he tried to sell me another $175 in product in two bottles of product. Like, no. And Candace wasn't with me. So I'm I'm like, my wife is into the skincare routine stuff. I need to clear this with her. If we want your (laughs) stuff, I'll come back and get it. And he's like, okay. And he wasn't going to push me very hard on it. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good. And smart response to. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know this stuff. My wife would be mad if I spent this money. So no. So this was your first non-tropical cruise, correct? That is correct. I want you to talk a little bit more about that. The pros and cons or like, what do you prefer? What did you like about this compared to tropical cruises? Okay, well, my big thing about So I had my reservations about going anyway, because if I can see the ocean, I want to be able to get into it. Mm -hmm. And while that would have been possible in certain locations on this trip, there are large things in the ocean that want to eat me. And I know that's true on a tropical cruise as well, but you don't see them as much as right there. So also, I don't like to be cold. But I will say that the only truly, truly, truly cold time that we had, we actually had beautiful weather for the whole thing. The coldest we ever were was when we were inside Glacier Bay National Park looking at ice, which 
kind of just fit the whole thing. But I had a t-shirt, a fleece, a hoodie, the hood up on the hoodie, a hat, and then a heavy coat and the hood up on the heavy coat and gloves. And I was still cold, but I was comfortable. Like I wasn't, you know, chattering my teeth or anything like that. That was the coldest we were. Other than that, it felt very much like fall does here at home. Oh, awesome. That sounds nice. So the the big drawback or the big comparison for weather wise, and I'm not really sure that I believe that this is going to come out of my mouth, but I do prefer the weather that we just experienced on that cruise because it's better than being so humid that you walk outside and become an instant sweat ball Mm -hmm. and being the translucent ginger that I am (laughs) I didn't have to worry about sunburn quite as bad although I did have SPF on because it's still a very real thing I'm sharing a a picture this is not one we took this is just one I found online but this is Marjorie Glacier so when Candace is talking about our trip into Glacier Bay, we were this close to that glacier. Oh, wow. And it really is that blue color. Like, and the water is that blue color. And it's it's the strangest thing because like when, when you're outside of Glacier Bay and whatnot and not close to the ice like that, it's normal colored, not like tropical blue, like the beautiful turquoise that we've seen. Um, it's just regular blue water, but you get inside close to those glaciers and it is that bright, beautiful aqua blue. Wow. Yeah, I've been telling people when they ask about it, when they ask about Alaska, I, I keep saying, and I, I think I posted this on Facebook too, if anybody that's tried to describe how beautiful Alaska is, is underselling it. Mm-hmm. Like I have never seen anything so beautiful there. Like there were times when we were up near that glacier that I was just breathless. It was fantastic. And what, what they do is they just slowly go into the national park up by the glacier. They, and they have everybody go out to the bow. If you want to, they serve their, their Holland America pea soup as they're pulling in. And then they stop with one side of the ship facing the glacier for about half an hour. So you can just sit there, get all your pictures, watch what's going on. Then they slowly rotate the ship. So the other side gets that half hour view. So for that first half hour, Candace and I went back to our balcony and we just sat there and watched the glacier for half an hour, just sitting on our veranda. And it, it was the fastest half hour ever, but I was just so lost. I didn't take any pictures. I was just completely immersed in that, that Mm. moment. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. And I will say we've seen very, very beautiful things on tropical cruises as well, but there is, I don't think anything that I have seen on a tropical cruise that comes close to just the pure nature of it, of an Alaskan cruise, because Alaska really is a rainforest. You don't think about it that way because it's all like pine trees and things like that, but it is very much a a temperate rainforest and it's just green and beautiful. And like one of our guides was telling us that they may not get rain for 10 days and everything starts turning brown because it's so used to being so wet. And she's like, it only takes a couple days for it to revive, but 
those spurts of not having rain are coming more and more frequently because of climate change. Mm. And they were talking about how the glaciers are. So when the glaciers, the glaciers are constantly moving. And when they, when chunks break off of them, it's called calving. And when the glaciers calve and they drop into the water, it creates all this really nutritious stuff um, that the whales need to eat because when they migrate to Hawaii, they don't eat. They go down there to have their babies and then go back to Alaska and eat and all the things. So they depend on the glaciers very, very heavily to get the nutrition that they need. And what did she tell us? They feed for 22 hours a day. Yeah. Something like that. And it's all like krill and plankton and, you know, all the things. And for as big as a whale is like, think about how big a humpback whale is, right? Mm -hmm. She was telling us that their throats are only this big. And because oh. you're not watching this, she has her two fists put together. Yeah. So this wow. is, that's as big as a whale's throat is. So you can see how it would take 22 hours a day of eating herring and krill and plankton and all the other things to get them to have the nutrition they need. That's amazing. Yeah. We saw our first whales on the first sea day. Mm-hmm. Really? And we we didn't really see the whales. We saw a whole bunch of dolphin out kind of bouncing around. And then off in the distance, you saw whale spouts that we saw like three or four whale spouts off in the distance. So we saw wildlife from day one clear until we got back to to Seattle. It was crazy. Saw bears, oh, yeah. otters. When we were sitting in port waiting to sail off, there was like this raft thing made of what looked like to be orange pipes of some sort. And there was a whole bunch of seals hanging out on and around it. And they would like swim around and then jump up on it and sun themselves for a little bit and then go back in the water. It was super cute. But yeah, we saw a lot, a lot, a lot of wildlife. Did you see any like orcas or anything? I did see an orca. Ooh, I'm kind of scared really? of orcas. They're fierce. Oh, they're mean. Yeah. They eat seals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do they eat seals or do they just play with seals like their beach balls no they eat them okay don't eat anything <laughs> any they're crazy that's the reason they're called killer whales mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're beautiful i have a weird question this being your first more cold non-tropical cruise would you say that it would it's different in terms of i don't know how to phrase this really but like when I think of winter and ice and things just surrounded like that in Alaska, I think of stillness and like quietness. Would you say that that's kind of the energy level of the cruise versus like a tropical one that may have more like energy? Well, it would depend. I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that when you're moving through the water on a ship, it, there's always wind. And just because of the location we were in, the wind coming onto the ship off of the water was cold. So it wasn't like we could actually spend a whole ton of time out on the deck um, just because of the breeziness of everything. And it was colder. As far as ship energy, that's kind of a hard thing to say. I mean, it does depend on the line that you're on. Um, it also depends on the, the passengers on the ship. With the number of children aboard the ship, it was kind of crazy and chaotic the entire time, but there were moments of quiet. And 
like, especially when we went out on our veranda, on our room, it was so peaceful and so quiet. And it was just like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was much less steel drum, palm trees, all of that. It was much more of a, it felt almost more dignified, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, back of a better term. Yeah. That's the vibe that I got. And, and the good thing was we on cruises were late eaters. We typically will stay up till 10, 30, 11, 12, something like that. So on a lot of those tropical cruises, the party goes on till really early in the morning on this ship, even with the number of kids and young people that were on board, the ship kind of died at about nine 30. So Ooh, I like that. yeah, after nine 30, we would go sit in the ocean bar for a nightcap for an hour or two. Cause the bars, all the bars closed at midnight. So after midnight, oh. there was nothing to do on board. So we would go have a nightcap and sit there till 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night. And we would be one of six people in the bar. Wow. And yeah. You don't get that very often on those tropical cruises. Mm-mm. So would you say it kind of like colder cruises like this are more like for mornings and then like tropical ones are more like night cruises? Yeah. Very much so. And the thing about that was, is that they brought when the day that we were in Glacier Bay, they actually brought some park rangers onto the ship so they could do like talks and and like identify the wildlife that we were seeing and like that. Well, they opened the bow of the ship at 630 that morning. So stuff starts really, really early on board on Alaskan cruises. But I mean, we only had what, six hours of nighttime? like dark yeah well i kind of really love that idea actually Mm -hmm. that sounds really nice are you more of a morning person lariah i am not it depends on the weather because that's why i went back to like colder cruises versus tropical because i feel like there's nothing like a winter morning versus a winter night where in the summer it's like there's nothing like a summer night I don't know. In the winter, I love the mornings. So it's just so much more peaceful and still. And so yeah. you, that nice crispness to the air. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of that on this trip. Like I, that's usually what my first step was every morning was just going out to our veranda, looking out over Alaska and just taking in that nice, fresh, crisp air. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's definitely more of a chill, chill vibe. Nice. That and I don't I don't know if that's because of the ship that we were on. I, I, so. I don't know if all lines were that way and it was just Alaska that that's the vibe or if that was the Holland America line that that was the vibe. I think it's a combination of the both. Because, I, I again, I think Holland America is a very, very traditional cruise line where some of them like Disney, uh, Virgin, they are not. Yes. But I will tell you. Another pro hack for an Alaskan cruise is spring for a room with a veranda. No question. Yeah. You go to Alaska for the views. Yeah. And if you're in an inside stateroom, you don't get the views unless you're with a mass of people. What else, Candace? What else do we want to talk about? Well, let's do this. You know how I like to ask questions like this. What was your favorite part of the cruise or what was your favorite moment on the cruise? Probably the whale watching excursion. That was really cool. Yeah. 
And I didn't really think I cared about whales that much, but just seeing like them in their natural habitat and not on TV or something like that. I'm like, how are we sitting here watching this? Is this real? I mean, it was one of those things that didn't quite feel like we were actually there. And yet we were a hundred percent, but it was just like, this is crazy. We're in their territory now. And it was just really cool. Yeah. I think my, my favorite moment was when we were going into Glacier Bay up to Marjorie Glacier and we were sitting at the the edge of the bow and they had just served us pea soup and like the warmth that came from the soup as we were pulling up to the glacier, that cold wind that because we hadn't stopped moving yet. So it still felt really cold. And just that moment of of kind of. You feel like you're on a different planet. Mm hmm at that point and that was just such a powerful moment for me that i'm like it, it have you ever had those moments where you feel really small yes that's oh, yeah. that's that was that moment for me just sitting there like in this moment just being fully immersed in it and i just you sort of felt the universe grow around you in that moment and it was just phenomenal like, well, how insignificant am I? And yet here I am witnessing this whole thing. And it's amazing. Yeah. And my brother actually gave me some good advice on our whale watching. And I tried to use it throughout the rest of the trip. And he didn't even realize he was giving me good advice. But it was something I'll pass along to all of you as well. We were sitting there on the whale watching excursion. And I had my camera up to my eye. The whole, for most of it. Just picture after picture after picture after picture. And I, I walked through the boat to get to the other side to go take some more pictures. And I'm like, hey, I'm taking some pictures. And I turn around to Mike and I'm I'm like, hey, do you want do you want me to move so you can get these pictures? Like, nope, sometimes you just got to sit back and put the camera down and just look. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Why does my older brother have to be so darn smart? And then right. <laughs> from then on, I, I would have my camera. I took a lot of pictures, but from then on, he was 100% right. I don't want to just remember Alaska from the pictures. I mm -hmm. want it all up here in my head. Well, and you and don't we, do that with a camera in your eye. And we've talked about that with Disney. And that's one of my biggest gripes with Disney World and, and Disney in general is they have put it so necessary to rely on a screen. And with the whole social media aspect of it. So you're either looking at a screen to find out what you need to do next where your next reservation is, what your next ride is going to be, this, that, or the other, that you're missing all of those very special details. And yes, I'm sorry, 100%. Even though there's not photo and video, you were there and you were actually in it. Mm -hmm. And like those types of experiences, nobody can ever take away from you. And nobody but you is going to know exactly how you felt. Because you could take the best, you could be freaking Ansel Adams and you could take the most beautiful picture in the world. But the feeling that you get in those locations is not going to be the same for anybody else, even if you try and portray that in a picture or a video. So let's let's compare with the Disney cruises that we've been on in the past, let's let's talk about that versus this. I think there is a difference, and we've talked about why we didn't choose Disney for this voyage. Do we want to talk about that now as well? We can. Okay. So when 
Candace and I are loyal to the Disney line. We have status with the Disney line. We like cruising the Disney line and the Disney cruises to Alaska on the ships. We love the wonder mm-hmm. and the magic, the small ones, the small ones. We priced out doing this trip on a Disney ship and it was 45% more expensive than what we paid to go on Holland America for less of a room. It wow. just, it, Same I, I, itinerary and everything. Yeah. It was nuts how much more expensive the Disney tax puts on that trip. And I'm so in that regard, I'm glad we did what we did. But I asked Candace on this trip, I'm like, would you want to now do this itinerary on the Disney ship? Yes. And the whole thing about it is, and I'll take it back to what I was saying when we kind of started talking about this conversation, is the condition of the ship. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen a Disney ship that is in less than pristine condition or in the event where I have seen one element of a Disney ship not in pristine condition the next time I passed that element that was not in pristine condition it was in pristine condition they take very good care of their ships they clean everything constantly Uh, to be quite honest with you there was hand sanitizer stations everywhere on the ship especially around the restaurants and things like that but I never once saw anybody scrubbing anything down. Never, not once. Mm-hmm. And on the Disney ship, that's a constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say as we compare, I think the food on our trip was fantastic. Yes. It, we had great food almost every meal. There were mm-hmm. some things that, like anytime you go to a restaurant, you're going to find things that you don't like or whatever. I would still say Disney food in my experience and the way Disney does their dining is better than the way Holland America did their dining. Mm -hmm. Because on the Disney ship, you have your three main dining rooms that you rotate to on Holland. They have open seating in just one great big dining room. And as a party of five, we got seated at a table and the service was just kind of lackluster. You never got lackluster service on a Disney ship. And the food is always presented in such a, a really clean, cool way. I I say that not knowing that how it is on Disney ships now that they have so many shows as part of dinner. I might be a little bit more, I don't know. Because the signature dining experience is on Holland America. So here's what I would say. I would put the signature dining experiences on Holland America at the regular dining room level on a Disney ship. Yes. From a service and quality perspective. Yep. But then you have to think about that too. In the times that we have been to Animator's Palette on the Disney ships, that's been one of our biggest gripes is because it has to be so timed out with music and the show element of it Mm -hmm. that we felt rushed through dinner for that experience. I don't know that we ever felt rushed in any of our experiences aboard Holland America more. I think it was like, we're waiting on things. Yeah. It was the opposite. Yeah. And not that that's a bad thing. Cause I mean, it wasn't, we had no place to go. We had nothing to do. So it wasn't a big deal, but it was just, the service would, would not be what I was, would expect, especially in the middle of the season. And we we talked about this as a group where we're like, okay, well, maybe they're short-staffed. Maybe they got overwhelmed. Maybe this, maybe that. 
like, okay, I could understand that probably if it was in the first month or two of the season. And if they're running a little bit short staff, I get that. But when you are smack in the middle of the season and you haven't figured stuff out yet, that's a problem. Yeah. Is there like a star rating of this cruise line? I don't know what the official is. I have opinions. <laughs> I want to know your your star rating. <laughs> I would so I would put this cruise line like Holland America, I would put it at three and a half stars. I think they want to tell you they're a five star. I think they're a three and a half star. I would put the last Disney ships that we were on, I'd put Disney at four, four and a half. And that's right where I'd put the Virgin Cruise Line too, is right in that four, four and a half range. If you want to get up into the five star range, you're starting to look at boutique boutique cruises and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you're one of where you're one of a hundred passengers instead of one of thousands. Okay. So would you ever, I know you say the next time that you would take an Alaskan cruise, you would do it through Disney. But if the opportunity came, would you ever cruise with this cruise line ever again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. I, I would, would take the same ship. Yeah, I would take Holland America back to Alaska again. Mm-hmm. They know like they Holland America was one of the first cruise lines to to kind of figure out to, how to cruise Alaska. So they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. They there was not enough wrong with our experience for me to say that I wouldn't do that again. I would get on the exact same ship and go the exact same itinerary again. Now, that's saying I would, but there's some things I would do differently. Next time we go to Alaska, I'm going to look at the ports of call a little bit closer. I'm going to look at how long you're in each port a little closer than what we did. We really focused on inside passage and time spent near glaciers. And that was the the driving force of the itinerary that we took. I might do that a little bit differently next time we go. Okay. And one thing I did notice on the on the menus and things like that, they did not have a whole lot of plant-based options. Mm-mm. Which was pretty surprising. I mean, because if you think about Disney and how they do things, they're pretty front and center of they've got at least one option for you. Virgin, for heaven's sake, they have an entire vegan vegetarian restaurant on board, (laughs) along with plant-based options in every single one of their establishments. So, I mean, there's, there's some stuff that they need to catch up with if they want to continue attracting people but there again it's a different demographic that they're going after i believe yeah yeah no that makes sense so the deck area on the disney cruise there's a lot going on on the decks and when we took hours we spent a lot of time on the decks i remember our at sea day candace and i we just read and drank drinks for hours on the deck how is the deck atmosphere compared to a tropical cruise the lido deck which they call the like inside outside pool that they can slide the roof over if they need to if they're moving or whatever that is a very congested area of the ship i would say because there's a bar at one end and you've got the hot tubs, then pool, 
And around one side of the pool, you've got like these private little cabana spaces that you can rent where they do like, they'll bring in waiter service and get you drinks and whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the, the quick service, like hamburger, hot dog stand situation going on over by the bar. So there's a lot happening on that particular deck. And when the roof was closed and there was a billion children in the pool, all screaming and trying to be louder than one another, it was noisy. It was not relaxing in that area at all, at all. By the outside pool, part of the thing about that was that the smoking section of the ship was out in that direction. So you kind of had to walk through a fog before you could actually get to the aft of the ship. There was um, loungers and places to relax out there, but, and that seemed to be pretty quiet um, comparatively to the rest of the ship. But I think there was more quiet places on the inside of the ship where you could actually go and relax and just be in the quiet than there were on outside. And even in the crow's nest, we noticed that because I'm like, okay, there's a coffee shop up there. That's where you're going to find me on this ship. Mm -hmm. But the ship was so full and there were so many people that it got really noisy up there as well. So it wasn't relaxing at all. Like I couldn't have taken a book up there and read because it was just too noisy and too much going on. Okay. Interesting. Candace and I didn't really explore the ship all that much. We found our areas that we wanted to be in and we kind of stuck to those. There may have been like little quiet corners that we didn't discover, but they weren't going to be the outside decks, especially on an Alaska cruise. Like I'm sure, oh, there was another moment where I'm just like, am I really here moment? We came out of the spa and we were going to go get a bite to eat or go get a drink from the bar. No, we were trying the pizza joint and Mm -hmm. we walked out. We were leaving the Glacier Bay National Park and we walked out as we were sailing away from the the glaciers. And like I stepped outside and I felt like I was in a freaking painting. I I audibly gasped. I was like, what? What even is this? It was just amazing. But that I that just popped into my head. But there were a couple decks, like down on deck one, there was a nice little quiet seating area that we we never really made it down to. But there really wasn't any reason to go down there unless you wanted to find that nice quiet area. There wasn't like entertainment down there or anything that would draw you there. Um, so I guess services. So it's like, yeah, why do we go sit right there. Yeah. So, yeah, not a lot of like places to just go sit and be. Now, if we had wanted to pay the money for it, there were like poolside, you could get cabanas. You could get cabanas looking down over the pool, outside cabanas overlooking the pool. So some of those areas that you can pay to create your own little private area like that would have been nice. But I think those sell out quick. And we noticed the same family being in the same cabana every day while we were there like people were booking them for the entire week which is just strange to me we were talking about pricing i just while while you all were chatting about quiet spaces i went out and did priced a disney cruise to alaska very similar itinerary to the one we were on for next july and it priced out at for two adults in a just regular veranda stateroom at $11,497. Oh. 
Ouch. I think for five of us, two of us being in suites, one being in an inside stateroom, we didn't pay that much more than that. Well, oh wow, probably, probably about three grand more than that for five of us, two of us being in suites. The concierge level on the Disney ship started at like 18 grand for the week. Wow. So yeah, Disney prices is is a premium for being on the Disney line. They have to get it right. If they're gonna charge that kind of price, they better have good food and good good service. Mm-hmm. What are we missing, Candace? We're sitting at a bar. What was your favorite drink on board? Oh boy. Um, okay. So I actually kind of invented my own cocktail because I rediscovered one of my long, longtime favorite alcoholies. So what I did was I ordered a lemon drop martini, put it on the rocks, and then put a shot of Chambord in it. Ooh, raspberry lemonade sort of situation. And that was really, really good. That sounds amazing. But during our mixology class, we were talking about, so the first one we did was about cosmopolitans. They also taught us one called the Metropolitan, which instead of cranberry juice in a like in a regular Cosmo, they use Chambord. So it's that sweet raspberry kind of flavor. And then with the lime juice, and the, it was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did Cosmopolitans and they also did Manhattans. And we had a regular Manhattan and then a Manhattan East which had ginger and something else. Sake. Sake um, in it, which that was good. I did not care so much for the regular Manhattan. Um, But then the second one we did was the mojitos and the margaritas. And that was actually the first time in my life that I have had a mojito that I actually liked. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And the thing that the... So the guy that taught the mixology class, his name was Vince. And he called himself Vince the Prince because his father apparently is the drink king of New Orleans. And he's got like two James Beard awards and some other like really highfalutin awards uh, for his mixology. Um, But Vince was saying that the reason that a lot of people get mojitos wrong is because they muddle the mint along with the lime in the bottom of the glass and that makes it bitter so all you want to do is he says who's your daddy and you just like clap the the mint leaf between your hands and then drop it into the glass and it just releases the oil oh rather than making it all no so it was i mean it was fantastic yeah i learned things that's awesome i'll have to try it that way but we have recipes for all the drinks that we learned how to make. So, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Next time we get together in person, we'll have some mixology. I would love that. We'll find Lariah some drinks that she she enjoys drinking. I bet she would like a mojito. I don't know if she's ever had oh, one. Yeah. I do love mojitos. There we go. The lime. Have you ever had one made from scratch? Probably not. We'll have to do that, especially now that I know how to not ruin them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Scott, is it safe to say that the Chianti mar- uh, Margarita was your favorite? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to make sure we have the stuff to make that on hand soon. Mm. On the regular? <laughs> yeah. 
that is like my so to that cocktail we discovered the last day the other one yeah. is a, is something my brother drinks a lot that i i really like which is the godfather mm-hmm. which is bourbon and uh di serono it's like an old-fashioned made with di serono oh instead of simple syrup okay. that's pretty tasty as well i drank my body weight in bourbon and a lot of other things and a lot of other things <laughs> you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning amen have that discussion about reading your room, room service menu carefully <laughs> oh candace almost candace wanted me to play leapfrog off the ship because on the first morning so we get on board we sail through the night and we all decide, hey, we're just going to have room service in our rooms the next morning. So Candace fills out the the room service thing for us and is reading down all the things that that I can get. And I just tell her what I want and she marks it and we set it out and we get it, get our breakfast. We enjoy our breakfast in the room the next morning. And I'm we're we're talking to, to mom and my brother and sister-in-law and my mom says, yeah, and I had a mimosa. And I'm like, wait, you had a what? And she's like, yeah, I ordered a mimosa. It was right there on the menu. And like, you you know me. I, I speak without thinking an awful lot. I turn mm-hmm. and I look at Candace and I say, I sure wish my travel agent had told me that you could get mimosas delivered room service. Yeah. <laughs> so that became the running joke throughout is every time something didn't, I didn't get quite what I wanted. I'd be like, I sure wish my travel agent would have told me about this. And she's like, you know what? You need to go look in that ocean right over there. There's something really neat to look at. <laughs> mean, way far over. <laughs> Magical, I promise. <laughs> I had some other choice words that we'll discuss at another time, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can tell a clean version of it. More than once, she said, you can F right off. That's. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it sounds like you two had a really nice cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I, again, I would go back again. I would do that trip again. I'm so glad we did it. And I'm, I'm glad Candace had a good time. She was not necessarily looking forward to it because of the cold and the ice, but I think Alaska won her over. Good. I'm glad. Thanks for listening in. This was a fun conversation. Candace and I will talk about our travels whenever we can. And it was fun to just sort of sit around at the bar and talk about the different things that that we enjoyed about this trip. And remember, there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And we'll see you real soon.